0: All right, then farming, farming right out of the gate. I'm just saying, here it. we are, we're, we're in, well, yeah, because uh, what that's what we're that's what we're going to talk about this week idioms about the farm. Yeah, I don't, I don't get to the farm much. Do you get to the farm?
1: No, I um, I get uncomfortable leaving the city, yeah. even <laughs> close to the city. I, I, I find myself finding that, that things feel to me as though they are, I'm in the country now, but I'm clearly just, just a minute away from the city. Right. Um, and that's that's me. There's no reason. You see those haywheels? I get uncomfortable driving through the middle of our state uh, here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. To see my cousins who live out uh, out in central PA and Harrisburg and stuff. And I, I find myself saying, what? There's nothing out here. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, but there's farming, and that's very important because feeding people is, is really the most important thing one can do, I think.
0: We have a lot of potatoes in Pennsylvania, and with the uh, psilocybin thing coming on, there's somebody trying to make Pennsylvania... The capital of mushrooms. I don't know if I, that's.
1: I was not aware of this. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm. A, I guess we grow a lot of mushrooms. I don't know that we're the capital, but uh, somebody seems to think we are. All right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm all for burgeoning industries of farming. Uh, drug drug related or or on un- drug related.
0: We're in Pennsylvania, everybody.
1: Yes, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Of, of America here. <laughs> of America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So farming on whole nine yards. On whole nine yards. Uh, what what do you have to lead us
1: off Ooh, with? Oh, exciting! When I drive through the uh, the farmland, sometimes you'll see lovely animals around you. Sure, and I'm good. a fan of. I know both of us are, are a large fan of animals. We think they're great, and they should live great lives, I safe enjoy and them. happy and healthy. Yeah. Um, so we personally, you and I, we we literally. Don't have a cow. In many ways, we don't have a cow here, and we don't eat cows. Right, no cows. No cows. So my mine is, uh, don't have a cow. Jay, don't have a cow. Don't have a cow. This is the idiom. This is the idiom. So use it in a sentence. So if you were, you know, maybe agitated or like starting to get anxious about something, and you're like, I don't know if we can do this, I don't know, I don't know, and I'd say, Jay, don't have a cow. It's going to be okay. I'm saying, just relax, right? It's going to be, we're all going to be okay. So don't spaz. Don't spaz, sure. I wrote down um, don't have a crap attack, which is from Bob's Burgers. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's basically having, if one was to have a cow, they would be uh, growing extremely agitated or anxious or perhaps becoming enraged. Yeah. 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 So you don't want that. So don't have that cow. Don't have the
0: cow? (laughs) But why? Why the cow?
1: Why indeed. Why indeed. Now, I know what you're thinking right now, (laughs) what I'm going to (laughs) say. And I'm going to say it. Go ahead. But (laughs) have you heard of a popular animated show uh, called The Simpsons?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If there was ever a time for it. (laughs) I've heard of this show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah this it's this got, one is uh-huh. less shoehorned. Than no, it's uh, right. Yeah. Um, while Bart Simpson has T-shirts and slogans and stickers and everything you could imagine that you could slap a, a brand on and sell, uh, he says, don't have a cow, man. Pretty much episode one, you're off to the races of the Simpsons. And it lasts for a long time. They change up the phrases as you go through the seasons. Um, but I'm just going to leave it there, because they did not invent this phrase. Shut up. Yeah, it has nothing to do with The Simpsons.
0: See, now I would have thought if you asked me to bet, I'm betting they they made it up.
1: I was right there with you, and I was hoping to go down that road, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopping off the road already. We're off that road.
0: But the, Wait, they, they, they also had probably season one, episode one, Cowabunga.
1: I'm not sure it Early works. Early season one For sure Yeah 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 I'm not saying I, I, Episode one Is the Is the Simpsons Roasted on an open fire And that's when they Find Santa's little helper It's a Christmas episode Um I don't know if he says bunga on that one And I actually don't know If he says don't have a cow in on that one But he says it early On in the first season I didn't I didn't pull it Cause again I don't wanna waste My Simpsons intros <laughs> <laughs> Yeah no No we don't wanna do that I know No um, so that's '90s, '89, '90s. Really, um, there are people alive today that have grown up in a world that only know The Simpsons being a part of it. I grew up in a in a time when we didn't have The Simpsons, and we had to look forward to something to cheer us up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're what gonna a, what a we're going world that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna go even further back in time, not too too much farther. In as we go. 1982. We're gonna say this is 1982. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is where uh, we take the good, we take the bad, we take them both, and there we have the facts of life. Do you know this show, Jay? This sitcom show.
0: Okay, so the facts of life. I, it was a show that I I just didn't see it because of the time. Right. You know. Sure. You know I was just not watching TV at the time.
1: Right. I was, well, I guess one when this episode came out, so I must have seen reruns or something. But it's uh, loosely, you know, a bunch of foster foster girls growing up together uh, under the the stead of the wise Mrs. Garrett. Or Miss Garrett? I think Mrs. Garrett, yeah. Anyway, season three uh, is called Mind Your Own Business. One of the ladies, uh, Joe, says to Blair, after Blair has become uh, kind of incensed at what, what's going on she says don't have a cow blair and you know i feel like primetime tv from my generation uh really embrace this phrase so i'm using facts of life but it it's all over the place growing up and in, in the 80s here um we can even go a little further back uh to the 70s to another animated show which i personally do not care for uh scooby-doo scooby-doo
0: that came up uh, last time did it yeah, we just talked about Scooby-Doo um, because of meddling,
1: and oh, I yes. said uh,
0: yes, it, it meant a uh, negative thing because I was tainted by Scooby-Doo. But I wasn't positive that it was. But anyway,
1: yeah, Shaggy says it all the time. Don't have a cow, Scoob, which was uh, Casey Kasem, right? Was the voice actor for uh. for Shaggy? So Casey Kasem's out there saying, "Don't have a cow," all over the place in the '70s. I mean, honestly. I get why you would enjoy the show, but it's it's just so formulaic to me. It's every every episode's the same episode, guys. Sure. Just come on. Give me something else. I don't care if the Globetrotters are here or not. It's, it's the same episode.
0: It's the same episode.
1: So even though, you know, Shaggy's saying it, we got it on Facts of Life. We're getting it on across, again, 90s, 80s television just coming at me. Uh, even though Bart gets the t-shirts and the duffel bags and the stickers and all of it, Uh, the OED tells me that this, and other folks as well, uh, tell me that this phrase is from at least the 1950s. And when in the 1950s, Jay? Well, when? I don't know. Uh. Unfortunately, that's that's what we get. Um, A 1959 Denton uh, in Texas, uh, just a quote, he won't let me watch rock and roll shows. He'd have a cow if he knew I watched 77 Sunset Strip. 1959. Denton? Denton record, I guess, in Texas. There you go. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 26th of March, even, if you want to get that specific. But 1959. 1959. That's the end of the 50s. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, The new Partridge Dictionary of Slang in unconventional English gives me a 1966 definition of have a cow to become emotionally overwrought, to lose control, United States.
2: Hmm.
1: This is a... An American phrase, the cow side. Um, th- it does have a sister phrase, perhaps mother phrase. I couldn't find a timeline um, that the British say that is, don't have kittens. Mm. Same kind of, same kind of way. Don't have kittens. Don't mm. don't worry. And and both of these phrases really, I mean, at, at their heart, they they do just draw on imagery uh, of something that would be you know really unpleasant and possibly full of anxiety and troublesome a human birthing a cow or kittens uh, would certainly make everyone uh, in the room pretty uncomfortable or at least you know some kind of if you were to actually birth a calf you know that'd yeah be strange oh
0: damn Pain, painful
1: <laughs> it would be strange yes this is all of the info that you can find in this kind of normal phrase that we like to do we look okay here's this here's that what do we got um The origins remain uncertain, for sure. This, I kept pushing, and I like to keep looking, as we do, and I came across um, Pittsburgh writer, novelist, poet, uh, Gertrude Stein, in 1926, wrote a poem published called, As a Wife Has a Cow, A Love Story. I never read this poem, or anything, um, by Gertrude Stein, but it's fascinating. She uses phrases that... uh, really repeat over and over and they morph and they repeat and they morph and they repeat and they're very very stream of consciousy. these stream of consciousness like experiments uh, they call them rhythmic essays or portraits it sounds like they they really they're designed to kind of just like evoke this focus and excitingness of of being there and hearing this and seeing this and being a part of it uh, and I saw someone say that this is, She's somewhat literature's answers to the visual art styles Like cubism, plasticity, and collage I'm going to try to read just a little bit of this poem Mm. Um, it's, It's long, it's not super long But it goes on in the same fashion In which I'm reading it And I'm reading it properly It's challenging to read Okay, I'm going to get this out of the way. Because it's it's the words repeat and things are next to each other and you have to pay attention. So I'm going to do my very best. It may not be 100% accurate. (laughs) Nearly all of it to be as a wife has a cow, a love story. All of it to be as a wife has a cow. All of it to be as a wife has a cow, a love story. As to be all of it, as to be a wife, as a wife has a cow, a love story. All of it to be as a, all of it to a, a wife. All of it as to be as a wife has a cow, a love story. All of it as a wife has a cow, as a wife has a cow, a love story. Has made as it has made as it has made. It goes on yeah. like these ways. It's it's fantastic to read it, and it really does excite you and put you in this thing because you're hearing this and feeling this and this repetition and these words are really... It's wonderful. I mean, I've never read anything quite like this. It's not unlike come I'm out to say, show them right exactly it's, come in, out to show exactly them. it's a similar similar idea it's not unlike modern beat poetry where you can see where these things kind of kind of morph through stuff it's it's cool it's really cool uh it's a lot like that and it goes on for a minute and it's intense and it does excite you and make you feel some way all this to be said that this doesn't necessarily relate to what we're talking about it is just a cool Thing about a cow in literature that people would have read um, and one could make an argument that authors put these ideas forward and people read them and then they take them on to language 1926 to 1959 gives a nice 30-year gap where people could absorb this kind of story and possibly morph it into their own way of language but uh the origins are uncertain as i said Uh, I did see the term cow-cow in the slang, jargon, and cant dictionary from the late 1800s. And cow-cow means to be very angry. This is from uh, Pigeon English, is how it describes it. So not technically, it is a slang from the start. It's not a, you know, it's not a dictionary, dictionary. Having a cow is is uncertain. It is not from my favorite animated TV show, The Simpsons, which people may have thought
0: hmm that's good that it isn't i think uh, you know that that it may have a you know a a richer history of roots
1: yeah no i feel you you know what i mean yeah for sure no i i agree i don't know yeah i I hear exactly what you're saying it does have a richer history than than uh just a a snotty little kid talking back to his, his uh his dad or whomever teachers, whatever. So how are you farming today?
0: <laughs> uh, oh, well me? You ask? What this old thing? <laughs> I only wear this when I don't care how I look. <laughs> haywire. Haywire. Ray, I have haywire, everybody. Haywire. This this one uh is like I've been getting a number of words and idioms like this one, where The answer to what it really is or where it came from is close to what you thought, but not really it. And twists how it's used or thought to maybe be used uh, differently than we use it. All right. Perhaps also plus. (laughs) So, Haywire. Yeah. Uh, Being out of order or having gone wrong, Mm -hmm. the radio went crazy haywire i don't know if that's a sentence emotionally or mentally upset or out of control okay Hmm. yeah see there is someone also that purported to have a definition that goes like this it was an expression used by electronics engineers in the 1940s uh, when their circuit designs were at an early experimental stage The wiring of more complicated circuits at that stage often resembled a mass of hay. (laughs) Um, That is hogwash.
1: Oh, it's so pretty. Mm. I like that one. Because I was also going to comment that I, I really use it in reference to electronics or equipment. I don't think I've ever said it about a person or emotional state, as you defined.
0: Uh, that was yeah one of the other definitions, yeah. but it is more commonly used and appropriately so for some gear, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Let's. So some early uses, and it's and it's not incredibly old. So, um, 1928, the Helena Independent. Where's Helena, Illinois?
1: Uh, Helena, Montana. Helena. Oh, but yeah. uh, there's probably other Helenas. Yeah.
0: 1928. The team's anxiety to score. Let their passing game go haywire, with many wild heaves finding marks in the bleachers.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Wild heave. (laughs) Finding their marks in the bleachers. (laughs) That's some good sports writing. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I don't write them
0: like they used to. No. In 1905, this is not one that I'm going to dance around 17 different ways, I'm just going to take a sort of a a direct uh, hurdy-gurdy dance right to the point. Hurdy-gurdy, yeah. Because I watched a Jimmy Page video earlier today. Nice. Where for some reason, Jack White and the Edge got to watch Jimmy Page teach him how to play cashmere. I don't know how, what... I mean, they're, you know... Okay. Sorry, everybody. But, uh... 1905, the haywire outfit. So it was it was often called, uh, often used in this way. What a haywire outfit you are. And what's more, it was generally used initially uh, in the logging industry. Okay. And if you had poor equipment, you were a haywire outfit. Now huh. that, I'll give you the snippet from the Bessemer Herald. All right. 1912, Bessemer, Michigan. Uh, some few months ago, we were solemnly informed by the officials of the Michigan Telephone Company that the antiquated haywire outfit in use here would be replaced by a modern exchange as soon as possible. Well, as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to be fat, wealthy, rich as soon as possible, too.
1: <laughs>
0: but, yeah. So, but... Saying the haywire outfit logging industry, that might begin to point you in the direction yeah. of what this is. All right. I'll take it a further step deeper into the revelation. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless the revelation is painfully obvious to everybody, and I was the dense one.
1: I'm still waiting for it, Um too, personally, because I haven't felt it yet.
0: I think there was a local rock band in the pittsburgh area back when called haywire as well sure well here you go Uh, haywire also known as baling wire is a thin flexible metal wire used to bind together bales of hay so so those blocks of hay (laughs) didn't just stay cubes like by will by sheer (laughs) intention of the farmer
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> but sheer act of will yeah I mean if, if
0: they could do that I mean we've already transcended
1: yeah we can do anything yeah, yeah.
0: but apparently there's wire holding them together
1: <laughs> and they they call that haywire huh yeah I, see you
0: can tell we're city folk seriously uh, but yeah so there's that okay but what they don't tell you and want you to find out by doing research <laughs> yeah. is that all right, so it, it was always, at least in the 19th century on, this thin wire uh, made by the giant roll after giant roll. Mm-hmm. And and yes, for baling hay, you can imagine, okay, okay it's the 19th century. Mm-hmm. You work on a farm. You, you start to have, by the early 20th century, you start to have other kinds of motorized gear But even before that, you had plenty of mechanical farm Hmm. gear, which breaks. You have posts and fences and all kind of doors and wood and things. All of it needs fixing, and it needs fixing fast because you're a farmer. You You got work to do.
1: Yeah. No time. This fence hole.
0: And you did not yet have duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) But what you had, something broke. You had you some baling wire. Yeah. some hay wire. Hay wire. So, here's the thing. Yeah. So, you, you you jury-rigged anything that was broken yeah with this um, you know, soft, springy, easily pliable thin wire. Just
1: wrap it up. Wrap
0: it up, okay. break it off, yeah. you know, and 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 move on to the, something else that will hold that will hold for now. Yeah until I can get back to it and drill a new bolt hole or whatever I got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there was one nice, uh, humorous observation that I came across, but it was something like it collects rust very easily too, so haywire was good to have around if you needed some rust. But (laughs) I I like to rust things for the aesthetics of it, but I can't imagine that a farmer in 1890... Needed that. I
1: need some rust. Yeah.
0: If you were a haywire logging outfit, you were an outfit with poor equipment that okay. was held together with yeah with haywire.
1: I see. I see.
0: Now there seems to be a bit of a conflicting uh, agreement on some things, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm a gavel slammer, and I dug around. So, so there is a small contingent that thinks. When you patch something up or fix something with the baling wire, mm-hmm. haywire it is a temporary fix. Mm-hmm. And if this part, let's say, is a moving thing, like, um, there was a joint joint of an equipment that kept moving, the bolt fell out and you tied it together with haywire. Mm-hmm. That haywire is gonna break, yeah, too. It's a temporary thing, yeah. And when it breaks. Things snap and fly all over the place, and and the wire snaps and and everything. And that that is the genesis of the idea of what is haywire.
1: Yeah, things get a little crazy.
0: Right. Yeah. But the real origins of it are that it needed the wire in the first place. You understand the difference? There's a subtle but impacting difference between... Yeah. These two constructs. Yes. One idea is it's the the snapping and breaking, and and the other idea is that it needed to be held together in the first place. We use it more like the latter, like the snapping and breaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but when but when you understand the history of it, you can understand a richer use of it yeah. in that way. You know, it went haywire in that it needs to be held together with duct tape, and therefore, it's crap.
1: It is. It is haywire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. Nice. So that that that's what I learned about. Hey, I wouldn't have seen that coming. I didn't.
1: I uh, yeah. I was gonna make a joke when you started. Is it just wire for hay? Yeah. I'm glad you didn't do that. You just blown me up.
0: Yeah. But- <laughs> I'm like uh, i have been like, okay, done then. Thanks, I guess, I Ray. guess Next one, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's awesome though. I like it. Like it's it's uh, it's like slipshod. You're just it's not uh, it's not crazy. It's just patched together.
0: It's just patched together. Yeah. Yeah, you see what I mean? It's, yeah. It's like just off center of how we use it, mm-hmm. or you know, we've just stretched because we've got come so far. It, at least many of us. I'm sure there's farmers still hacking stuff together with the with the bailing wire Yeah, but for us we're just so far removed from that I, that kind of idea that
1: right like the breaking of it the popping and the, the falling apart like oh that's that's the haywire yeah
0: yeah 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 that's, and, right. and just hearing those words though this thing went haywire we don't even try to listen to the two words <laughs> that make it up <laughs> and say hay and wire you, uh, you, you know we don't assume right. that they have any uh, rich history
1: at least i don't we well, know because i mean where you were heading in the first place it's like oh okay a conglomeration of wires it's just like someone tossed a bunch of hay on the on the thing and that's all the wiring or you know or the wires are so mismangled that they look like just a bunch of nest. Which right you're like okay cool but right <laughs> nice
2: all's well believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices allswellhome.com whole nine yards is sponsored by big science music big science music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique providing scoring sound design radio podcast and audio post-production services for the advertising film and video industries Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at BigScienceMusic.com. That's BigScienceMusic.com.
0: Hi. Hi. Yeah, we're back. Then, back. Yeah,
1: farming. Yeah. What, uh, what do you have to farm, farm some more? Well,
0: I'm going to tell you. Alrighty. righty. Here's the thing, mm-hmm. I don't really say it, but I think sometimes it's funny to uh, think of it, or, or some people use it in a way that is humorous, when pigs fly, <laughs> when pigs fly. Yeah. Yeah, pigs might fly is uh, Is an also another incarnation, perhaps earlier version.
1: Pigs might fly.
0: Pigs might fly. Huh, I don't know that one. It's a humorous, ironic remark used to indicate the unlikeliness of some event or to mock the credulity of others.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. Right? When pigs fly. Right. Right. Is how usually, I'm guessing it goes.
0: I might start on papering the back bedroom tomorrow. Yes, and pigs might fly.
1: Ooh, I like that way. Okay. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Papering? Who puts wallpaper up? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean... There's history to this, so there's history to the uses. I see,
1: I see, mm-hmm. right. Time's a flat circle. Yeah.
0: So, enjoy. All right. If you might, you know, a more direct example here, and I'm going to quote one from 1835 oh. that is readily handy. The autobiography of Jack Ketch. <laughs> but it's an autobiography of Jack Ketch, written by charles whitehead (laughs) so it's like the title of the book is the autobiography (laughs) of (laughs) (laughs) jack that's not fair man you can't do that
1: so is this fiction
0: 1835 yes pigs may fly but they're very unlikely birds oh 1732 i'm going backwards oh wow because that was uh, 1835 yeah 1732 100 years yeah, and the reason I opted to, to do this one like this is not too far away from Haywire. This is also one that is fairly straightforward. Uh, it just uh, has a uh, a path that it came. Yeah, And uh, it's nice to see it this way sometimes. As to just track it back. Mm-hmm. Go get that book off the shelf. <laughs> so... 1732 again i say to you nomalagia a collection of proverbs maxims Ooh. and right. adages nice. that inspired benjamin franklin and poor richard's almanac oh yeah i mean inspired yeah sure yeah and our friend here also has a clever turn of the of the tongue was the first to explicitly single out the pig as a ham-fisted arrow knot I like that. <laughs> um, that is as likely as to see a hog fly. Yeah. So 1732 we're we're seeing it like that. So we go back 1616. We're back there Sam Pepys was it was a young lad. Yeah. And this is this has the stuff that we love. A uh, short dictionary for young beginners. <sighs> So uh, a small dictionary for young beginners Yeah uh, Put together by a fellow John Whittall And he uses it in a little bit different way uh, Which shows it being very early Pigs fly in the air with their tails forward (laughs) And when I first read this and second and third, read it. <laughs> I just picked, tried to picture the pig flying, but the little tail tucked under them.
1: Oh, like pointing forward. Or, yeah. I see, not butt forward.
0: Right. But actually, what he meant was, and backwards. So they're flying in the air backwards. Yeah. But he didn't say that. He said tails pointed forward, which, right, which convolutes. You know, it makes it hard for me to create that image.
1: Yeah, like so, his tail's pointed forward. Like, no, no, he's fine. Ass first, right? Yeah, I got you.
0: But how was I to know? (laughs) But we trace it back farther yet. Some say further. Fifteen. What? It
1: would be. Yeah, further. Yeah.
0: Fifteen fifty-two. A more underformed uh, incarnation. I give you Francois Rebelius.
1: All right.
0: In a book 1552, I said, Gargantua and pentagruel uh, He creates this dramatic event and this giant Pantagruel. I have to say that again, fights with the chitterlings and its champion, described herein as a huge, fat, thick, grizzly swine with long and large wings like those of a windmill. So you had a popular book in the 16th century uh, that... At least conjures that image. Did that loan credence to lore and and other writings mm-hmm. or speak, so that by 1616 it made its way to that next permutation? I don't know. Yeah, and also made me made me think. Oh, swine! If you forget, so I checked that swine goes way back. Uh, P. I. E. Proto Indo Euro uh, Old German. Svin, svine um, and it was it was the same creature.
1: It's always been the, the, the pig as we say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: <clears throat> so so this one it's it's sort of an obvious thing. There were there were things along the way where people had tried and there were some uh, documents of uses of people saying when cows fly, when horses fly this sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, and probably that the pig flying being a a stout uh, earthbound uh, you know gravitationally challenged little creature would make it more preposterous to imagine flying or a funner visual (laughs) I say funner
1: I could say that sure we can say anything we want yeah we've got microphones (laughs) Ha! Huh. <laughs>
0: so, uh, w- w- uh, yep. One other little uh, tidbit was that you know Lewis Carroll you, you touched on this in Alice. Who's the Duchess in Alice? Uh, this Duchess thinks Alice has no right to think. I've a right to think," said Alice sharply, for she was beginning to feel a little worried. Just about as much a right," said the Duchess. As pigs have to fly. Nice. Right.
1: Lewis Carroll.
0: Lewis Carroll. Now, Lewis Carroll, what was that, 1875 or something?
1: I, uh, 1800s, but I don't know. Sorry.
0: Yeah. But that's pigs fly. It really is sort of an obvious thing that just made its way through time in in various forms. Uh, but probably in their early 1600s was was that yeah. citation where we first saw it really put in the play.
1: It surprises me that it's that old, I guess. I mean, it makes sense, but that we've stuck it through it, and it's kind of been the same. Yeah. I mean, mean, it is a very great image.
0: When something works, you stick with it, like John Candy.
1: Yes. So, uh, have you what? Uh, I have a hard road to hoe, but really, it's not that hard.
0: No, a hard road to hoe.
1: See, you said road, right? I did say road. Yes, that... Is as we get of of had come up before, an egg corn, not an egg corn, an egg corn <laughs> where we hear it. And I also, I swear until I don't know, probably my twenties at least, maybe longer, I always thought I was road, because again, I'm not a farmer. <laughs> right. I don't hoe. Right. Um, or yeah. So I did, in all earnesty, think it was a hard road to hoe. And people do, and that is a, that's a fun aside that's out there, and we, we accept that phrase as well. And you see it in print, the road. Yeah. Yeah. This one, 1818 from the OED, he loves to contend with difficulties. And if he had a, not a hard road to hoe, would place himself in some sphere demanding effort in order to extricate himself. Uh, we have an 1810 a New York spectator as well. Um, true, we have a hard road to hoe. Hmm. Neither of these uses include quotation marks in the eighteen hundreds, so we we can assume that this is already understood. The idiom is already understood by by early eighteen hundreds. It's the earliest I could find in print. Um, but yeah, so so what is Jay? What is hoeing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Ray,
0: I uh, I guess it's making those little rows so you put the seeds. Down there in the trench, and then you, and there's a little pile next to it of the dirt you took off of
1: it. I'm so glad that we think the same things. They're incorrect. That's incorrect. But I, that is incorrect. I also thought that I looked up a video uh, on hoeing, and in order to start hoeing, uh, you take your hoe and you drag that hoe across the ground. And you wait, the hoe, the hoe, the hoe is a flat, the hoe is like okay. So, you got a stick, you're holding on a big, long handle, and it's got like a metal, I'm just very, very broad, a metal L at the end, we'll say flat, broad L, you know, right? Yeah, well, just, just for examples, yeah. So, you got your handle, you put the flat end. The L, so the L is... Put the flat end in, <laughs> it's take the flat end out. So it, You look like you, you might want to dig with it, but you don't dig with it. You don't dig with a hoe. You hoe with a hoe. Yeah. Uh, so you drag that hoe across the ground, and you do it... To what end? To To sort of pull the weeds and cut them off the roots and also pull maybe a little bit of soil up. I saw that you kind of, you hoe down about a half an inch-ish. And it looks like, I don't know, such a great way to weed because you just use this thing and you just pull the damn weeds off. But
0: this is, this
1: is figuring
0: that there's nothing else on your ground but weeds. This is like early in the season and, and and we, we, we want to get the weeds out of the ground before know. we plant, right? Yeah, you can't right. do that once you've planted. you got to pull your good plants you out. Gotta,
1: you can scooch it around. I think after, But, yeah, if they were little seedlings, you couldn't hoe because you you'd hoe. rip them out. Yeah, you'd have to get down there and, uh, and weed them with your hands and knees, which is not pleasant. No. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. I guess at a certain point, you can start hoeing things. Like pre, you can, there's a, there's a window, there's a hoeing window that closes on you and then reopens. Because once the plant's bigger, you can hoe around it, right? I'm guessing. I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, from what I watched, uh, again, I thought it was the same thing. You use the, this little dude to put a hole and you put your seed in it, but no, you use it to weed. And I'm like, why didn't someone tell me this all those years ago when I had to weed all of the, whatever. Anyway. We didn't. You can't use it to get weeds out from
0: between bricks and stuff. It's yeah, it's man, like this is a. I had to weed my driveway. You can't do it.
1: No, not that. I could have hoed around the uh, the what the have is the uh, the stuff I hate hostas. I could right. I could have hoed around those.
0: I need I need a better. I'm going to watch some hoe videos. I don't understand.
1: It's it's great. I I was enlightened um, to this. All right. Um, you know, this one, you know, so back in the 19th century, which is where these quotes are from, but I mean, again, we've had this for a while. The farmers didn't have, like you were saying, they didn't have, they had mechanical machines. They didn't have motorized, motorized machines, but even then, you know, what are you doing? you just, you're out there, you got your stuff. So these, these old timey farmers unaided by futuristic robot hoes, uh, they in fact did like hoe their own rows of crops, rows and, you know, like, if one was to have a garden, your row's not that long. Maybe, you know, eight feet. I don't know how big your yards are, if we've got yards. Yeah. Which does not compare to a farm uh, with, you know, perhaps at least acre-long rows of corns and soybeans and other things that we grow. Yeah. Apples. Mm. So the, these rows would have <laughs> kind of stretched. Basically. On
0: trees, though, I think the apples.
1: But go ahead. Yeah, but they still have to farm. Yeah, you still have to plant an apple tree. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, right.
0: Let's just go with the corn.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Corn, great. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, these these long rows had to be weeded. You know, like we're saying, if it was early, perhaps by hand, if you're just getting out there, or early, earlier than you plant, then you can just get out there uh, with a hoe in one hand and like your sweat rag in the other, and you see this, you know, this row that extends off into the horizon, and you're like, well, better get cracking. So you you literally do have a long row to hoe, and the amount of work, oh, I didn't define it. You have a difficult or arduous task ahead of you. (laughs) If you're out there. That's the definition. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And as you'd see, the farmers would be out there. But yes, it is a a literal use that we use have become the idiom. Somewhere between, I'm going to give it, I'll say late 1700s, because by 1810, we don't have quotes. So we had to learn what it was as an idiom. But we have the quotes from 1810. And like you touched upon earlier, the long road to hoe, (laughs) uh, <laughs> is is acceptable? People say it. It's fine. But there's
0: there's nothing to hoe. Well, on you a can't road.
1: hoe a road, right? Exactly. That that's the gag. You're like, this is a, this. You don't hoe a road. You know. You, yeah. Uh, you don't have a long road to hoe. Just the row. Just the row. It might have been like a few years ago that I realized that I was saying it wrong. Right when I learned what put a pin in it means. Mine was
0: just a few minutes back now. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. So. <laughs> But it, if somebody, your friend was going away to study to be a doctor and they were just leaving high school, you would say, wow, man, they got a long road to hoes, <laughs> right? That, and that's how you would use it. You would say, say, oh, man. You have, right, you, right. Yeah.
1: That's a lot of work you're going to have ahead of you. A lot of
0: work you have ahead
1: of you. Look at how far you have to go with just this little hoe in your hand. Right. Yeah, and you got to do it. Yeah, no one else is doing it. No, you have to do it. Yeah. So that one's a little short and sweet, so I am going to uh, pivot to some listener thoughts. Listener thoughts. Uh, Mike H. says, uh, he just writes in, I've been meaning to tell you how much I love your show, so here it goes. Oh, nice. You guys do a fantastic job and are super entertaining. Learning while laughing is a neat thing to have happen to me. The way you feed off each other is darn right professional and right up there with Abbott and Costello.
0: Wow. <laughs> Thank you, I wonder Mike. which one which each of us is.
1: Um I don't know. Please continue to do the show for as long I'm a good straight man.
0: They're the who's on first
1: people, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh but I do laugh a lot, so it's tough. But I can be a good straight man. Anyway. You can't laugh at this straight. No, I know. Man. Uh please continue to do the show for as long as you can. I'll be along for the ride the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> It's a long road to hoe. It's a long road to hoe. Thanks, Mike, uh, for writing in. We super appreciate it. Uh, Mike wrote into our email address. Whoa. Which is hey, you at whole9yards.org. But if you wanted to write in, you could write into uh, whole9yardspod.
0: Uh, in the whole 9 yards pod, I wonder if that nine... Do they spell that out Or is it a number I
1: think we, we use A number nine Number nine Um
0: Whole nine yards pod On uh Twitter Reddit And Instagram And then Whole nine yards podcast Also with a number Whole nine yards podcast I think it's gone to meta
1: Or is it still Facebook
0: It's still okay. Facebook It's still it, Facebook Yeah it'll be Mimi for business Or something right. that does
1: it. But uh Mike got to us Through the email Hey you at Yeah the email Still works Always Always works Yeah Thanks for writing it, Mike. We appreciate the feedback. Yeah, Mike. And we will do this uh, as long as we can, and that was very kind. Yeah. Uh, don't let it go to our heads. I already have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then.
0: Uh, that, having said that, I'm Jay.
1: And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idioms. Williams.
2: Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at wholenineyards.org. Or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyu at whole yardsorg That's heyu at whole number nine yards.org. Whole nine yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.